Welcome to another episode of Free Basketball. I am your host, Ryan Meadows, and I am joined by Mr. Love Guru himself, Mr. Daniel Greer. How are you, sir? Man, I'm just feeling so beautiful today. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what's the horoscope for today? Did you look at that? What Help the people out a little bit. What's, yeah. what's the horoscope? Well, you're going to have a beautiful day. And you'll find somebody that needs a smile. With it's kind of a cloudy day, with a chance of meatballs. Not a big deal. <laughs> I don't know if the chance of meatballs is allegorical or if it is a metaphor <laughs> for anything. But <laughs> okay, anyways, uh, what we're doing today? Obviously, Cody is not here with us tonight. We're not sure what happened to him, but we'll probably check on him, check in on him later. But today still talking about the nba draft we thought we would do a couple little fun things that hopefully you will enjoy because i personally enjoy doing them but we are going to do draft superlatives superlatives as in you everybody remembers high school everybody's remember best dressed and best uh most athletic and all that kind of crap don't you daniel did what were you nominated when you we're out of high school wow. or a uh, senior. I'm not sure. I know that I was made fun of many a times for saying I was expecting a flood. And I wasn't exactly sure what that meant till later in life. My pants were just <laughs> a little too short because I was growing. <laughs> now it's the style. But back in the day, my socks were showing. My pants wouldn't reach to my shoes. So <laughs> people made fun of me saying, that, oh, you got a flood coming today? So I didn't know what that meant until later <laughs> in life, and I felt really, really uh, bad. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm not so sure you weren't a super. So is that most nerdy, most likely to be a nerd, or I wasn't, I wasn't exactly a nerd. I was just, uh, I don't know, maybe I was the weird kid. I, I, I don't, I don't know what I was. Um, most weird. Yeah, most weird, I guess. I don't know. but Most weird. Well, congrats on the being most weird. But that's what we're going to do for this NBA draft class because the draft is what? In a week? Next, the, next Tuesday? Next Ten Wednesday? Days. Ten days. Ten days. So we thought this would be fun to do some superlatives. We just came up with some random categories that are kind of related to or in the style of like high school superlatives. And uh, so we thought this would be fun. We also are going to wrap up with just ranking our top five, like our personal top five players, we think, that will come out of this draft. So that's going to probably get a little hot takey. Mm. I don't know how long this episode is going to take. I don't think it's going to take very long, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So let's get into this. First up on our first 2020 NBA draft superlative best hair. Would you like to go first? Yeah. Who in this draft class has the best hair? I, I definitely want to go first in this one because if you have it too, I will be upset, but I'm okay. going to lead off best hair and yes. draft class of 2020. Nico Mannion. What? Uh <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about Nico, the redheaded. Uh, what was the uh, red rifle? Is the uh, your guy in Cowboy Land, right? Yeah, Andy Dalton. So, what are we gonna call Nico? Woo! He can be. He <laughs> can't be red. Ro he, he can't be red rocket. Man. I think red rocket's taken the red too, right? Twelfth man. <laughs> the redheaded IR. <laughs> oh man, um, is he? Uh, is he American, Nico? I don't think so, right? I think he's a. I think he is, but like his dad was stationed in Italy or something like that. I can't remember. He's a uh, but he definitely does have player. good hair. Uh, okay. it, we got to figure out a way for like the like the red rocket or something, and just make it Italian. I'll get back okay. to you later. Yeah, you figure out the translation for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see what we can come up with. My best hair. I had Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, for the kind Kentucky. of like floppy dog looking yeah. kind of top. <laughs> floppy, similar <dog>. styles. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not like a fro, but it's like you know a little bit of dread, but the twists. So that's who I had for best hair. 
Next oh. one. Most likely to be injured. So this is a player in this draft who obviously is going to have to have some playing time. So obviously it's going to be a player that's going to be drafted high, I would think. But that is just going to be injury prone throughout their career. Do you want to go first on this one or do you want me to go? Man, I'm going first all night. All right. So all right, uh, a guy who should be a top 10. He should be a lottery pick for sure. Killian Tilly out of Gonzaga. Okay. He, he has by far a, a lot of what you really are looking for when you're looking for a lottery pick. He is okay. a forward. He's 6'10", 220. Uh, he can play either forward or center. He's very well-rounded, well a very good player. The only issue is, is his four years at, at Gonzaga, he's had a knee injury. He's had a fractured foot. He's had, uh, I'm sorry, it was a fractured ankle. Um, he's, uh, he's had many ankle sprains. He's had, I want to say something else with his, I, I'm not looking at it right now, but he's probably had about 10 injuries, a broken finger, 10 different injuries over his four years, which would hurt mm. him from, from being on the court and actually showing who he really is. So, uh, just, I try to dig, dig in a little bit because I didn't want to be unfair, but I end up always coming back to Killian Tilly because if he would not have injury concerns at all, he would be a lottery pick 100%. And that is from almost across the board, everywhere that I saw and read. So my vote, Killian Tilly. And good luck to him. He might wow. be, uh, he might figure it out. Kind of a dark horse, right? Because yeah, everybody so. has him kind of in the late first round, early yeah. second. And I think you're right. It's mostly just because of his injury problems. Yeah. Because if he can figure that out and go mostly injury-free, he's probably a really high-value pick in the late first or early second round. Like, he could potentially be a draft steal Yep. if he's not hurt. So, you interesting. I actually went for a guy who is, I would say, much more well-known and people are debating on his potential. And that is Mr. Obi Toppin. Whoa. I think Obi Toppin is going to be an injury all-star Why? for majority okay. of his Just career. Just because you don't like him, <laughs> you're giving the injury plague, like already. I am not. Get out How of here. How am I giving him the injury plague? I did not say I want him to. I just here. think he just will don't be. don't like him. I think he I think he's just got wooden hips and he can't move. Anybody with wooden hips, that's where they get a lot of injuries. Get a lot of hamstring problems that affects your knees and then your leg and then your calves and your ankles. So uh, that's my guy most likely to be injured. Now moving next, most likely to be overpaid. Whoa. Who in their career will get that max contract that will be one of the worst in the league that we'll talk about in probably, you know, six years four to six years i would be absolutely shocked if you don't have the same person but okay. i'm gonna go with Lamelo ball and mainly Ooh, okay. because of the last name <laughs> he's gonna be a decent player he's gonna go to a trash team and he's gonna show out and he is going to absolutely get paid because he's going to be the guy who is like the Russell Westbrook. He's going to be the main guy on the court doing everything. He's going to be, you know, somebody who a lot of people, you know, are, are attracted to. He gets the next big contract and just can't fit with an actually good team. So for sure, I go with LaMelo Ball. Mm. I very close. The other mm. person, the person I had was the other guy being discussed for the number one pick. I had Anthony Edwards. Ooh. I have Anthony Edwards because I think Anthony Edwards is going to be kind of a microwave score, right? Yeah. And kind of like Zach Levine. And someone is going to talk themselves into it. It's probably, you know, if the Timberwolves draft him, I guarantee you it's not going to be the Timberwolves that are going to pay him. 
No. He'll go somewhere else and get paid, and everybody's going to be like, oh, they paid Edwards how much again? Right. Like, he kind of has, like, the Zach Levine feel to me. So, can put up a lot of points, doesn't really affect winning, but will get him overpaid. So, that was my choice for who gets overpaid in this class. Now, this one might be a little interesting. I might need to explain this a little bit. Future All-Star... I do have another category that I don't want it to bleed in that, but maybe future all-star shouldn't be like for sure. He's definitely going to be one eventually. Maybe he has the ceiling of being a perennial all-star. I don't know if maybe that's too wordy, but let's do future all-star. Who would you have as a future all-star out of this group? Yeah, so I took this as – he's going to make an all-star team because not a lot of players in a draft class. Do you actually look at and you go, okay, especially this draft class, you don't look at and be like, okay, that guy's definitely going to be an all-star. I chose this player because I think there's a couple different uh, ways that he can get into be an all-star one team should be pretty decent. So it should make him look better early on, which should get him in to be an all-star. Hopefully it helps develop him. And I think at the position that he's actually at, I think he can overwhelm other guys. And so I'm going to go with my pick, James Wiseman. Mm. I, I think James Wiseman has the potential at the center position to be very good and very good early. Two teams that are rumored to either take him or jump up and take him are either the Golden State Warriors or the Boston Celtics. There's a lot of people talking about it. I don't know if it'll happen. But if he goes to either one of those teams, I think that playing with other really good players, other all-stars, I think that makes you better. And I think that helps you develop a little bit faster because you don't have to do as much. So with that being said... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm going to say got all-star games because right. Steph and Clay are awesome. Exactly. So that's my that was what I was thinking about. I'm not saying that James Wiseman is going to be this awesome all-star. I just think he's going to be a good player on a really good team because I think teams are going to want to jump up and grab him. So I actually had Wiseman for this as well, but then we came up with the stipulation you could only use them once mm. in our uh, superlatives list. So I scratched him because I have him in a different one. Okay. Um, So instead, I went with Killian Hayes. Okay. And that's because I think he's very similar in playing style to absolute apex of he's nowhere going to be like this, but he plays like James Harden. He's more like D'Angelo Russell, which I said in the mock draft, you know, we did a couple months ago. And he compares very closely to D'Angelo Russell for me. And, I mean, if he's that, he's a solid player that is on the edge of being an all-star, and he just needs a break one year to actually get in. Right. So I think Killian Hayes is that guy that could that will make an all-star team out of this list. I can see it. Now, from future all-star, let's do most potential. Who out of this draft class has the most potential for you? Yep. So the most potential I went with and, and kind of the same thing, as you said, uh, after we decided to kind of go with uh, just one person uh, for each, each thing that we're going to give each category. I, uh, I, I'm the one that came up with that reasoning because I want this guy to somehow land in (laughs) one of my spots. And so I go with Denny Abdija. Mm, most potential i think that because he can play more than one position he has size he has skill he just needs to learn the nba game put a little meat on his bones but i think he has it as a european player he has the skill i just think he needs to learn how to develop the nba body and excuse me sorry the nba body and the nba style and he'll be just fine. Mm. I actually have him in another category that will come Ooh. up soon. 
So, but I don't have it for most potential. I actually have RJ Hampton here. Wow. Yeah, that's a good one. And I think RJ Hampton has a real kind of baby Russell Westbrook feel. And I just think he's super fast and he's, he's probably the most athletic player in this draft. And it's really about if the game can all come together for him and if he can get into the right situation. So what I'm saying is I hope he doesn't get drafted by the Kings. (laughs) 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 So I, I think RJ Hampton has a lot of potential and a lot of talent. It's just if he can put it all together. Now the, um, category i did put a dj in is this category biggest flirt Mm. which meant he was the most risky player to take in this draft and i have denny avdija as the biggest risk in this draft i just do not trust the free throw shooting i don't trust the competition that he was playing against Sure, he can probably go through a couple different positions, but he's not like great at one thing. And I really just don't get the hype. I've been burned too many times by players like this from Europe in the past. And it's not like he's even playing in a European league. He's playing in Israel. So I don't know how (laughs) well that translates. So I'm just not a huge fan. So he's the biggest risk in the draft to me. He is the biggest flirt of the 2020 NBA draft. Who do you have? Yeah, so I am going to go with a guy who I really love. Someone who kind of, I saw a lot because I follow the team that is their absolute rival in college. And that is Cole Anthony. I think Mm. that I I think Cole Anthony can be a high risk, but high reward. If you can figure out his defense and kind of, you know, pull him in a little bit from his, uh, his shooting gets a little out, you know, outrageous. He doesn't take good shots all the time, but if you can actually get him and just kind of teach him the game, he, he comes from his, his dad, um, who is an ex NBA player? Um, why did I just lose train of thought on Anthony? Um, Cole Anthony, it's dad, Greg, dad, Greg Anthony. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I'm an idiot. You can all make fun of me. Um, everybody fine. probably listening to this is yelling, Greg, Greg, you idiot. Um, <laughs> they're probably but... still confused by your horoscope. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a sloppy day today. Um, <laughs> No, it's uh, so I, I think that he does have the high risk, but I, but man, the reward is so great. I would love the Knicks to jump up or just take him when he's he's there. Uh, but I think this guy has it when it comes to offense and the NBA. A lot of times you can get away with the defense as long as you're just learning how to trail a, a guy because literally that's all they want you to do is just run after the point guard, um, at the point guard position. So um, I'm okay with that, and I hope that somebody takes a chance on this guy high up in the top ten. And uh, I think Cole Anthony will be high reward for this risk. Mm. Mm. I think the only thing what makes him so risky, I agree with you, he's a super risky pick because I don't love him. I'm not a big fan. He's also was a candidate for my best hair. Uh, Mine but... too. He's my first choice. <laughs> But the only thing that can kind of save him, right, is the shot creation. Right. Like, in the NBA, if you can, you know, create shots for yourself, that's, like, one of the biggest things NBA teams love and need is someone who can just go out and get a bucket for yourself. So that's kind of like the reward factor of him is if he can actually do that. Everything else about his game is the risk factor. Yeah. (laughs) Which I think is why he's just kind of steadily fallen in – mock drafts so it'll be interesting if someone takes a risk on him but i think a high pick is actually very risky i would be surprised Mm. if he went actually in the lottery unless the team was just absolutely sold on him my guess is early 20s that would be my guess (laughs) wow now i take him there for sure class class clown 
<laughs> which means who will be the bust of this draft? Obviously, it has to be a high pick. Who do you have for class clown? Well, I want to play you, the guy who could be picked very, very early in this draft, and that is Anthony Edwards. (laughs) I think that he will be a bust for the simple fact that he will be drafted in the top five. That's almost a guarantee. Right. I think there's so much pressure on a top five pick to perform. He did not show it in Georgia. And he's not going to show the expectations people have for him in the NBA, especially if he goes mm. to Minnesota. I, I don't know. I don't know where his best fit would be. I just don't love his game. I don't know. I, I think the potential for him, everybody has, is so high, but he, he doesn't ever look like he is really has that to get there. So that's why I think he's a bust because of his draft stock where he's actually showing he's going to get drafted at and the potential and expectations. I don't think they meet up. And I, I think that uh, Anthony Edwards is the bust of the draft. Ooh, I like it a lot because <laughs> you know I'm not a huge fan of Anthony Edwards myself. Like I, the only reason I wouldn't think he he would be a bust <laughs> is I think he's going to be able to score enough to at least stick around. Yeah. Uh, I just his personality is so off to me. He's I, been, I, he's I, been I in a pandemic. Know. That's where his personality comes I just from. Don't. <laughs> No, I mean, even before that, like, there's something about being the best player in high school, you know, for four years, being the number one recruit, being the best player on an awful Georgia team, you you know, you're the guy, and then going to an NBA team where you're you're used to your whole life being the number one option. Right. And, like, yeah, even though he's going to an – if he gets drafted by the Minnesota – or anybody in the top three besides the Warriors, obviously – any of those teams are going to have, you know, maybe not the Hornets, but they're going to have a player that's or two that's better than him. Right. And I'm not sure how he fits into a team construct. That's what I'm not sure about him yet. And that's why I just, I'm not sold on him, but I think he will be able to score enough to at least stick around. But I'm not sure if he'll ever be part of a winning team or be like a positive president's in a locker room you know right i, I don't think he will be and like you said yeah. the, uh, he's always been the best player so when he's just kind of somebody you know when he's right. kind of like has the you know like the high expectations does he kind of help make the team better or is he just going to go out there and try to score and then just get his 20 and go home so yeah it's it's weird right like he's yeah. kind of the very obvious looking for my next contract you know that's why i put him as the most likely be overpaid because he will take a season you know in his third or fourth year to just shoot 30 times a game to make sure he gets paid by somebody and just does not care about anyone else on the team like that is i'm looking into the future now and that is going to happen in 2023 it will happen if he's not traded by the if he's not traded by the timberwolves first (laughs) (laughs) but my class cloud I think it might be a surprise to you. Mm. Onyeke Okongwu from USC. Everyone has him very, very high in this draft. And I still do not get it. Mm. I understand that he had kind of gaudy stats at USC. And he didn't really shoot the ball at all. Everything was basically rebounds and around the rim. And he put up impressive rebounding stats and impressive block numbers. But it's the Pac-12, like not exactly the best basketball league in the world. And he's been kind of doing this PR thing about how he has more of an offensive game, but his coach wouldn't allow him to show it. Which, Get out of here. If that's in fact true, then I think the coach is Andy Enfield. I can't remember right off the top of my head, but if that's true, then he should be fired (laughs) because why would you get a super high quality, you know, out of high school player like this 
and then intentionally not let him have the basketball. Yeah. <laughs> like that makes no sense. So it seems kind of like a PR thing between him and his agent saying that he has this offensive outside game that he was not allowed to show because his coach wouldn't let him. So I'm kind of looking through all of that, all that PR, you know, mysticism, smoke and mirrors. And yeah. I just don't think a Kongwu is like cool. He can rebound and block shots, maybe, but he can't shoot. So he's not Serge Ibaka. So what is he? Tristan Thompson? Montrez Harrell. <laughs> I mean, Montrez Harrell can at least score. Yeah, but he can't and, shoot outside. It's just energy. Yeah, like, but is I mean, can it Farid? <laughs> If he's Montrez Harrell, I'd actually be happy for a Kongwu. I think he's more like a poor man's Tristan Thompson. And congrats on drafting him with the top five pick. That's a guy you definitely need for every team, right? Yeah. So yeah. he is he is my bust, which I think is going to surprise a lot of people that I have him there. Was that surprising to you at all? Yeah, for yeah, for sure. It surprised me, but um I think that some people have high expectations on him, but if you actually look at his, uh, his comps, his comparisons to, you know, and a lot of people have him as like John Collins, who hasn't really, he's okay. He'll end up being a, you know, kind of a, a seven, eight guy on a, on a team, a decent team. Montres Harrell, bench player, seven, eight guy on, on, you know, on a good team. So I think that's who this guy is. He is the backup power forward center. And I think that's what you get in this. You're not getting a starter on a good team. So, is that what you're really wanting with a top five pick? That's like, what I'm saying. Yeah. Wouldn't you just rather take the potential instead of, I know this guy can be my eighth man. I'm going to burn a top five pick on him. <laughs> like what? Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just yep. don't get it. So he's my bust. I'm not a huge fan. Right. Just save your pick for twenty for ten or fifteen picks later, and pick Precious Achua like it's the I, same person. Completely. Uh, now these last two I have. This isn't actually superlatives, but everyone went through high school. We've all heard of salutatorians and valedictorians, so I thought this would be fun to end this. We're at graduation now. Now we're talking about who are going to be the two best players that come out of this draft. So for you. Who is your salutatorian? Who is the second best player? Who will be the second best player of this NBA draft class? I'm going to go ahead and say somebody you don't love, but Obi Toppin. Oh, stop it. I think that (laughs) the only negative on him. The only negative the on this guy. The gold lanyard thing. The, the, the tassel. The man ain't got hey, a tassel. He got all the tassel he needs. <laughs> He's dripping with tassel. <laughs> got that tassel, tassel drip. drip. Tassel drip. <laughs> TD. Got that TD. Got that tassel drip. Got that tassel drip. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Enough about my mocking no. of my mock. Salutatorian. <laughs> Obi Toppin, he will be the second best player. He's had a lot of knocks due to his age. But the a guy... A 22-year-old sophomore? Yes. Not a big Not deal. every day. Not a Not big every deal. day. But I think the guy can actually be a very, very good starter. He is not an all-star caliber player, I don't think. But I don't think you're getting a lot of all-stars out of this draft, personally. <laughs> so I think that this is a guy who, realistically, he is solid. He is consistent. And I think he can do a lot of things on the court. And I think this guy actually makes you a, a winning basketball team compared to some other players who I think will look better early on. But when it comes down to it, this guy will be the second best player to come out of this draft. If you look back on it five years from now, you'll look back and say, Obi Toppin was easily the second best player in the draft. Wow. Wow. I couldn't be 
more diametrically opposite of you, not only in thoughts on Obi Toppin, but in actual player position. Because my salutatorian, I have Tyrese Halliburton. Wow. I am very, very high on Tyrese Halliburton. I know everyone's, you know, they say his weaknesses are he's kind of a slender build. You know, he's not like a super, like he's not six, seven, like LaMelo. But when I watch college games to kind of evaluate, I, I want to see players that just stand out. You know, right. the guys that just, out and out just completely show out and stand out on a college basketball floor usually translate to pretty good if not you know high end top 50-ish players in the NBA so I think Halliburton is that guy because he's whoever he played he was the guy on the court that you were just drawn to watching and I think he does a little bit of everything he's a jack of all trades Everyone's kind of worried about his jump shot. I actually don't worry about it at all. I actually kind of like it because it's not like he's jumping as high as he can to get his shot off. He's super, uh, not maybe not super, but he's accurate with it without getting high off the floor. I actually like that better instead of someone like Anthony Edwards who has to get at the height of his jump to get it, you know, to feel normal. Um, so I actually like that better for Halliburton. I think it makes his shot more steady because there's just not as much movement and relying on that spring to get the shot off. So I like Halliburton. I think he's going to be the second best player from this class. Yeah. He's which leads us. Well, he's definitely a, well, he's a very good all around player. And I think that when you're looking at, at this, uh, superlative, I think you're looking at somebody who's well-rounded that you think will be actually solid and consistent because I think that's the main thing that we're looking for with these guys. And yeah. his only knock is his shot. That can change in a season or two when this is your life. Like you're getting paid to go put up shots in practice and you have some of the best uh, shooting coaches uh, in the world teaching you and kind of reconstructing things and kind of you know just changing and tweaking uh, little thing. So I, I like that. I, I'm a huge fan of his. So I think that that is actually a good, uh, a good take. Just, just a little caveat, but I, we're going to do a mock draft. So I'm probably stepping on my own research here, but obviously no one thinks this is a, you know, just a standout, like awesome draft. Like right. this is a bad year to be the number one overall pick um, because you're picking like, the least of the average <laughs> like right. you're not it, there's not like a bona fide guy out there yeah. to choose be- between um but i this is why i like halliburton because he he reminds me of another do-it-all player that we haven't seen for a few years but you remember andre miller right mm, yeah and yes. he was with the nuggets for forever Cavs. always putting up double figures almost 10 assists you know seven or eight rebounds if i remember correctly and was just like wasn't a blow you off the page player, but was just always solid and a starter for, you know, 10 plus years. Yeah. And so ironically, the draft that he comes in is notably another awful draft, which is kind of ironic. You know, we (laughs) get these cycles and players, the 1999 NBA draft, here are the top, uh, couple of players drafted in that draft. Number one was Elton Brand. Okay. Second was Steve Francis, and third was Baron Davis. Ooh. Then you had Lamar Odom, then the bust and Jonathan Bender, Wally Zerbiak, <laughs> Richard Hamilton, and then Andre Miller went eighth. Wow. So that's kind of the exact spot where they have Halliburton right now. Like, they have him in that, you know, seven to ten range. So – it's weird to see basically like the same type of player come in almost exactly 20 years later right. in almost the projected same drafting spot. Yeah. So it's just weird. Like I, I, I'm not saying it's not a coincidence, <laughs> Yeah, but I'm not saying that it is, but um, anyways, yep, I love it. Valid, valid Victorian. Who mine, is going to be the best player from this draft? For sure. Mine. And uh, I've watched, I try to watch as much of this guy as I can, but I think it's Killian Hayes and mm. he, he is young. 
But I think the guy is going to go in probably the top three in this draft. He's not been Ooh. projected to go there, but I think that uh-huh. somebody sees the potential in this guy and wants to go ahead and grab him. I, I know that um, he probably won't go one overall to Minnesota. Two would be a uh, kind of a stretch. Who's that three? It's not the Cavs, is it? It's the Hornets. Hornets. Okay, I could see him it's going Hornets, to the Hornets. Hawks and then Cavs, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's the only thing is, um, I you know, there's a lot of teams that already have point guards, but I think if you get a chance with the, the abilities of this guy, I think you go ahead and grab him. So I think this guy is well-rounded. He's young, but I think he's good. Interesting. I uh, I have the opposite type of player. I'm going big. <laughs> All right. This is a guy I've loved from the very beginning. He is getting a lot of slander from people and it's hurt his draft stock. So the NBA, like all these mock drafts is just like one big giant group think, right. you know, everyone kind of has the same thing. And then you have, you know, some people who just put someone random at the top and it's like, it's really like, it starts to feel with the mock drafts that people are just trying to one up each other. And then they all kind of fall in line and think the same way. And this has hurt this player because they think this position is obsolete. And obviously it is not if you just watch the NBA finals. Right. Um, it is still a hugely valuable position to have. And the valid Victorian for me out of this class is 100% always has and always will be for me, James Wiseman. Mm. And he is a massive human being. I don't think people recognize how big he is. He has a little, he has plenty of touch. He's shown a little bit of handle. Probably wouldn't trust him with just running a, you know, one on five fast break, but he's got handle. He has touch. He can shoot it. He's a lefty shooter, freakish athletic, will block shots, will be a good defensive player eventually. He will not be in the first, you know, two or three years. But he is a guy who has worked very hard on his game and has shown that he will continue to work hard on it. And I think he's going to be a fantastic player. So my valid Victorian is James Wiseman. Yeah, I like that. Um, as everybody knows that we are from Memphis, um, we've kind of stayed close to his story. And uh, when he was at East, he came down here East, the reason he didn't end up playing for Memphis. Um, he is a he's a player that i think can develop a three-point shot more than he already has and i think his size is what really is going to be overwhelming to people he plays against he's very long he's very rangy he can get up and grab you know lobs he, like you said, he's not the best at blocking shots and all that, but the guy can absolutely be a monster around the basket. And I think that in this game, I think you actually need that. And I think you've seen a lot of it with any, any big guy such as Anthony Davis. Um, uh, you always have that, you know, advantage if you have the one of the best, biggest guys on the floor. So. Uh, I love it. Uh, he he was definitely uh, my pick for All-Star. So I think that he is going to find himself a good spot in about 10 days with either going to Golden State or Boston, for sure. Mm, that would be awesome. I, I, I can't even choose which destination I prefer. I think, you know, everybody thinks it would be a perfect fit for the Warriors. But I actually like the fit with the Celtics. I think that would be a lot of fun. I would be very interested. I would be more interested to see that fit than I would to see him just, hey, go rebound right. 10 times for Stephen Clay. Like with the Celtics, you know he's getting touches and he would make a big impact for that team. So I'd much rather see to go to Boston if I had to choose between the two on draft night. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but let's do this top five. Uh, I I don't know how – I know this might seem kind of contradictory to what we just did on superlatives, but this was just kind of a fun thing to get our thoughts out there, start thinking more about the draft. But this would be top five. Like, who is your top five 
players in this draft. Maybe, you know, you could do it by difference, I guess, say like you think will be the most successful or the most impactful first year or um, the highest ceiling. I'm going to leave this very open to interpretation, uh, but this is the top five players from this draft for you. Yep. So you want me to go ahead and give all five right in a row? Just go through all five. Okay. Just just open the floodgates. All right. So my thoughts when I was looking at the top five players isn't, isn't the first year or second year. I kind of use a five-year look back when I think of who the top five players are because that kind of gets you out of your first contract into your second. Okay, that's kind of who they actually are. So that was my thought process. And that was my thought process for the Bella Victoria and Salutatorian. So obviously I'm going to continue with Killing Hayes as my number one. I think when you look mm-hmm. back, he'll be the best player to come out of the draft. OB Toppin for two because I think he's well-rounded enough. And I know there's a lot of knock on him. But also think that this guy can actually play a lot of, you know, a well-rounded style of basketball game, which makes him a 20 to 28 million uh, kind of player. Like, I think he's in the 20 million range when he's making his normal contract. I don't think he's a max player. I think he's a player that you really want on your team that you don't pay max money to. Um, All right. So Mm. uh, next is the guy that you don't love that you think is uh, very highly talented, but Denny Abdija, I think the guy can grow into a body and an NBA body and actually have enough skill to switch positions and be really what the NBA needs uh, in this style of NBA. Um, James Wiseman, I'm really big on him as well as you are. Uh, and I think he can absolutely be a game changer for whoever gets him. And I think, like we just said, his size will be the, the main reason is because he's just so athletic and so big. Um, and, and so that last one, number five, Tyrese Halliburton. I love him. I think he's going to be a really good player. I think the shot is the only issue that he has, like we said. And I think in the end, I think he's going to fix the shot, tweak it just enough, and be able to hit those open three-pointers because his passing is unbelievable. And in the NBA, if you can pass and hit an open three, you're a top player in your position for the most part. Mm. Interesting list. I, uh, I, my list is your listing is very forward heavy. Yeah. You got a lot of big guys. You like the big guys in this draft, huh? Not necessarily. I mean, three, two. Killian I know Hayes. That, Killian Hayes, Tyree Tyler Burton. Yeah, you got your guards, but you like the bigs. Ob, it Denny? feels like you like you like the bigs. Get out of here. <laughs> well, my top five. So here's the thing, right? I That's um, I get it. You're talking, <laughs> you're talking about looking back in five years. I kind of had that same approach, but with this draft. I know with these kind of drafts where they seem weak, you go for just talent, right? But for me, I think there's a lot of value in positional players who can help you shore up your roster and propel you as a little bit better team. May not be, you know, like a James Wiseman. It's definitely not a Luka Doncic in this class. But these are guys that are around the periphery that I think are going to add a lot of value right away to teams. And so this is my top five of players that I would take in this week draft, because I think it would be a perfect fit and fit seamlessly into my team and help my team win right away. So top five, number one, obviously I'm sticking with James Wiseman. Number two, sticking with Tyrese Halliburton. Number three, Sadiq Bay from Villanova. Yep, like him. I think he is the prototypical three and D wing that everyone is looking for. I think he's competitive as all get out. I always trust the Villanova guard, and he had an incredible um, progression throughout the year. He's turned into a forty percent three point shooter, and he does a little bit of everything. He's willing to play defense. He's a team player. I just trust a Villanova guy like I do. 
And I see, I, I trust him to not only succeed, but be at least a rotation wing piece. And that's really kind of all you're hoping for <laughs> right. out of a draft, right? Is to get a rotational piece. So I would take Sadiq Bay third. Fourth, in the same kind of line, guy from TCU who's a guy, you know, you just watched past season before, you know, we had everything shut down and NCAA was canceled, but that just stuck out on the court every time he was on TV. And that was a guy from TCU, Desmond Bain. Mm. I'm a big fan of Desmond Bain. I really like him. Score, can go get at it after it on defense, can shoot it too. Already NBA body built. Reminds me a lot of Marcus Smart. So he is a guy, I think he's getting a lot of hype late now. So it might not be as much value as there was maybe two weeks ago. Yeah. But I think he's going to be a steal, um, you know, in the mid to late teens, might be in the 20s. And then final is a point guard who is picking up a lot of steam. And that's the sophomore point guard from Alabama, Kira Lewis Jr. Hmm. And there is not a great group of quote unquote point guards in this class, I would say. Um, obviously, the top is like LaMelo Ball. And then you have Cole Anthony. And I guess you would lump Tyrese Halliburton to this. But besides that, it's a lot of, you know, hybrid point guard shooting guards, like not just yeah. a true point guard. And Kara Lewis Jr. is just an absolute blur on the court. He's probably one of the quickest players, if not the quickest player in this draft. And I think a team will take him high just because of that fact. Like there's just not a lot of enticing point guard picks. And he's so enticing to me in his development that I, if I were a team, I would draft him over LaMelo. And really? that's how hot takey I'm going to get with this. Wow. I'm, I'm, I am a bigger believer in Kira Luce's junior potential than I am in LaMelo balls. How about that one? That's a, uh, I, it's a hot take. I don't know about, <laughs> I don't know enough about that guy to actually give like, uh, an opinion. <laughs> But I feel like you're looking in your horoscope for like what what to well, say next. You're yeah, confused you're, you're on dark that and, You have a dark and stormy day today. Um, <laughs> your horizon <laughs> is not very bright. Um, but my thinking is that you would take him over Killian Hayes, and that just is I like, would. that that is the, shocking, the it? stupidest take I've ever heard. This kid. <laughs> Doesn't it I is weird because I had him in my I had him in my all star. That's what's weird about it. But I just Get like him. I, these are the five guys I really like. I don't know why you're taking Kira Lewis. What's his name? Kira, Kira Lewis Jr. Kira Lewis Jr. All right. Yeah, I think he probably Kira, won't. He probably won't Kyra. get drafted. I don't know what his name. Is. I was just asking. Um, <laughs> I thought Kira Lewis was the girl that was. Uh, she's a head coach, women's head coach somewhere. I think uh, that's Kara Lawson. Kara Lawson. <laughs> Pretty close. Pretty close. Not bad. Well done on uh, consonant and vowel sounds comparison. Yeah, it's, it's close. It has L's and K's and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> they play basketball. I bet he doesn't get drafted in the first round. Ooh, I guarantee I you he will. I don't even know who I he bet is. you he will be in the teens. Alabama? They don't yep. draft those players. <laughs> nope. Don't draft, they don't draft those players. <laughs> don't draft the Alabama players. I'm telling you, his 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 stock's gonna keep rising. He's gonna be picked in the mid teens. I promise you. Well, I'm telling we you right now, he will soon see. But I we'll don't bet on it, it for sure. Yeah, for sure. We'll have we'll have some fun things. Uh, because next week we'll wrap this up now, but. Next week, we're going to do, hopefully we'll have actually Cody. Maybe we'll find out where he is um, and we'll get him on. But we're going to do our free basketball mock draft, all three of us together making our picks. So that's going to be a very interesting podcast, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure there will be a lot of betting instances that will come up. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But Daniel, do you have anything to plug? Are you just on YouTube right now looking up? Kara Lawson coaching highlights. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
<laughs> I was actually just uh, trying to make sure that I didn't delete my uh, my list that I just made. So I did delete, <laughs> but I found it. So it's still good. I was afraid that I was going to have to go back and try to actually remember what I uh, said tonight. So um, nothing major to plug. Uh, I, we do uh, have a lot of things going on. I feel like I'm so busy right now, uh, but we are doing a show. Uh, well, I am doing a show on with the lead um, on the locker room app every Thursday night, seven o'clock. Uh, Ryan is on there. Sometimes he's been kind of hopping in for us when we, uh, when you need somebody to, uh, somebody's out for whatever, uh, reasons. Uh, but it's pretty, it's a lot of fun. If you don't have the locker room app, go download it. It's a, it's like a live podcast that you can actually, you know, have discussions in. So the app and everything is growing on it. So I think it'll be something fun, but we have a show in there called ball. Don't lie. Um, and it's presented to you by the lead sports media. So that's all I really have. Uh, you can follow me at Daniel Greer on Twitter and obviously follow the lead at the lead SM at the lead SM. That's all I got, man. I'm glad you said that. Cause that was going to be my thing. Follow the lead at the lead SM. Follow me personally. For all your future horoscope needs <laughs> at RD Meadows 11. Thanks for tuning in. We got 10 days to the NBA draft. Be looking out for our mock draft to come out next Monday or Tuesday. And we will get ready for Yo, this. Uh, you forgot hopefully. free basketball. Oh, yeah. Our free podcast. basketball three. <laughs> what no one ever comments or rates it or anything so why y'all don't care it? yeah y'all just don't care so why do we even care you know what yeah, Screw it. No unfollow one, us we don't even no like one, you no one will share or post us so why would whatever. we care about our own thing see ya, yeah see you yeah whatever <laughs> but thanks for tuning in daniel good talk to you again sir we'll find cody on the america's most wanted and uh, hopefully be able to get him in for our mock draft next week. <laughs> hopefully. He's out of town soon, so we got to catch him fast. Yeah. But good week. Uh, good luck on your week of gambling, sir. Yep. You too, man. And um, <laughs> Kara Lawson, I apologize.